Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Sox Live show today on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This is going to be our official national recap live stream here talking about everything about the Atlantic City National, what we did there, how other people viewed the national, what, how we thought it went in general, and some perspectives that we have to share, um, especially with Julian, this being his first full national stop that won uh, at the Chicago and last year for a day. Um, we are not joined by Nate today because Nate is currently en route back to Washington, uh, where he lives now. And it's just been a full couple of days of travel for him and just wasn't able to postpone this live stream any longer slash didn't want to because we want to get this content to you all. Um, what's up, uh, Joel? How are we doing? What's up, Hank and uh, Julian? How's it going today recovering from the uh, week-long adventure and the huge travel back home? Yeah, it's, it's going well. As um, My voice is slowly coming back. I lost it probably day three or day four, I think. So, so I'm not having crazy voice cracks anymore. Hopefully I don't. That went out during the the YouTube live, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm was pretty pretty tired today. Just uh, everything's kind of catching up. But during the national, during the week, I wasn't that tired. I think it was because there's a ton of cards I was interested in. Um, it's kind of like a kid in a candy shop. Went really well, but uh, yeah, it's definitely catching up a bit. So nice to relax a little bit. Yeah, you're like a uh, you're just bouncing off the walls there for the for. A- all those days and i think that now you're on the massive uh drop off since then <laughs> yeah but uh, no, ha- happy to have you and i think that you got some fun stuff to share later so it'll be a good time and if anyone has any questions feel free to toss them in during the show any questions you have about um the national and what went on it anything about it, feel free to ask during the show but we're just going to get going right away and the first thing i want to point out is that our charity event has wrapped up although we will have one more smaller um, impromptu selling stream, I think either Thursday or Friday this week on whatnot to sell a few last donations that came in. Uh, some smaller stuff, but we'll still net hopefully a couple hundred dollars for the kids. But looking at the charity event and how much money was raised for Camp Kesson this year, last year we raised $129,000 in July. We did $140,000 throughout the entire year um, in 2021. And this year in July, we went over $117,000, which is insane. If you came to our Sunday live stream on uh, PWCC, our FlipQuest episode, you have seen all this, heard all this. But the final numbers for whatnot was right around 36000 uh, The PWCC auction ending on Sunday night did like $64,000. And then other donations, either straight to the donation page or stuff that we sold live at the National, add up to around $17,500, which is absolutely insane. Leaving us at that grand total of, you know, 117463 which is already going to go over that. It might end up being around $118,000 when it's all said and done. But for the last two years, that puts at two hundred fifty grand uh, for the camp, which pretty much pays for the entire camp this summer, um, which is absolutely insane, you know, for mul- you know, multiple hundreds of kids. Um, super awesome to see and, and really cannot thank everyone enough for the support. Uh, if you donate, if you're a sponsor, if you're a buyer, um, it all helped it every single bid really made a difference. So it's amazing. So thank you all so much for that. Um, I will be launching an Instagram reels most likely tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, that's going to wrap up and share every single sponsor's name that donated and how they helped out, which is going to be uh, hopefully pretty cool to see how many people in the sports career community contributed to this cause. And then I really just want to shout out um, our main presenting sponsors right now. Uh, PWCC for hosting that, that Sunday auction with no fees. Absolutely incredible. Donate the entire 20% buyer's premium, which ended up being, you know, something around like $13,000 or something in that range. Um, Whatnot helped us host mul- a multitude of streams, got tons of people in our stream on the Thursday night trade night, um, which was super helpful. And and th- that's just obviously another avenue to sell the stuff for the kids. 
card letter for funding our spending spree at the Midwest Monsters to result in a ton of money because we spent $5,000 and then SEC graded all those cards for free, which definitely yielded us over that $5,000, which is amazing to see. I mean, then, and then Midwest cards for being our single biggest uh, donor for another year in a row, which is incredible to see donating like $10,000, $12,000 worth of boxes um, up there with Shine and uh, 72, we would 72 that combined for a second year for a massive card with that Wander um, auto. So just super awesome to see everyone pitching and helping out because it does go far away for the kids. Other than the uh, Kesson Charity Auction end on Sunday night uh, with PWCC, there were some other big cards that ended. Looking at our podium from this week, uh, Vintage is on top. You know, Vintage has been doing really well recently. There's a lot of discussion around it, though. And when, when there's a lot of discussion around a, sp- a specific market segment, it seems the game price, you know, out of the ordinary. Vintage has always been a, a slow, steady climb over the last, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, whatever you have it. But, you know, some of these vintage baseball cards they are rising in price pretty quickly. Um, and that does make me a little bit worried for what can happen, you know, three, six, one year, six months, one year from now. Um, if too many people start buying something at one time, it really can create a downfall in the market, uh, as we've seen with just about anything out there, like the Marvel PMGs, that's similar too, but this isn't like the meteoric, meteoric rise that those went through. Um, but just be careful if you are looking at different vintage baseball cards and make sure not maybe overspend for what the market um, normally is at and how it climbs. Uh, number two, and it was this Babe Ruth that sold for $19,200, which snagged the number one podium spot. And then uh, Ronald Acuna Gold Refractor Auto BGS 9.5 out of 50. Um, that was a pretty pretty nice buy there for anyone that might have caught it um, at that time. Sold for 16200 Then a McDavid UD Exclusives Young Guns of 100 BGS 9 sold for 9300 And the best buy for the money voted on by the Instagram audience put it at the Babe Ruth at 64%. With the Acuna 4% ahead of, or 4 percentage points ahead of the Conor McDavid for the best buy of that podium. Two other cards we were looking at. Um, this Adrian Peterson, Super Factor Auto out of 10, PSA 10. Funny to say Super Factor Auto out of 10, but that is what they were in 2007, 2008. Tops from football. So for $7,200, that's the only time a PSA 10 has ever sold publicly of this card that we know of. Uh, PSA 9 sold two years ago for around $2,500. And then this Luka Doncic PSA 1010 auto dropped 17% in the last two and a half months. And that's since the Mavericks were eliminated from the postseason. Um, basically, basketball is doing not very well right now. And we'll talk about that during this uh, discussion, too, about what was hot at the National. Um, I can pretty much say from our perspective, it was not basketball, but maybe from other people's it was. So I would be happy to hear other people's perspectives as well. And the audience definitely voted on the Luka to be the better long-term vibe between the two of these with 75% of the votes. Then just here's a couple of, you know, six different cards that ended around $100 or lower. Uh, that might have been a good deal. And we actually ended up buying that bottom right one there, the Sydney Crosby Blue Cubes out of, fifth, or out of 99, SEC 9.5. We bought that in the charity auction ending on Sunday night. All right, so here we go. Time to start it up, the national recap. Um, if you are here, please make it known. Uh, let us know where you are checking in from, what city, either in the United States or which country or city around the world you are watching from right now as we love to see who was able to attend the national and where you're from. Even if you did not attend the national and you're in this live chat, please let us know where you're from. It would just be fun to see how many different collectors there are tuning into to tonight's stream. Uh, normally, wait, I said Monday at the beginning. It's a Tuesday. I had to delay it by day because we were joining. Uh, we were driving home yesterday. But our daily question was, if you went to the national, rate your experience on a scale of 1 to 10 and explain why. There was around 50 to 60 comments on the post um, by like 4 o'clock today when we put together the the different comments and uh, Julian grabbed a ton. So I'm going to let Julian read through some of these and I'll add him my perspective and Julian can add, add in his, if he has any, as we go. So these are all 
audience driven all from the uh from the collector's perspective and uh obviously we will give our thoughts then after go ahead so first comment from overtime polls uh rated an eight wish trade night wasn't so hard to get into and i didn't pick up anything but it was great seeing everyone um this is a great comment i i agree with it a lot with the, the aspect of meeting people for me personally and seeing people I know the focus is on cards, but the relationships you make is fantastic. Um, like Aaron said, it was my first time being behind the booth, so I got to meet more people than normal as, as opposed to just walking around. Um, and then we were at the trade night. We did our um, whatnot uh, charity stream, so we were in there as well. And it was a little crowded outside, but I, I wouldn't really say that's that's Ryan's fault because he, he created a, a great trade night. He, I feel like every year it's been getting better. Uh, I think it was more so just the venue. The the halls were kind of narrow outside, so it, it was hard to to manage, but um, it wasn't too bad, and I think the majority of people were able to get in. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, well, how much can you do when you've got you – know, you triple the size of the room from the last year's event, yet there's just so many more people now that know about it and want to come to the event. I feel like it's just inevitable that at a certain point, you know, people was, aren't going to be able to get in. Um, the National has, you know – double digit thousands of people that stroll through the, through the, uh, through the event throughout the weekend, weekend and stuff. And you just can't service everyone. Although I wish that, you know, everyone who was waiting was able to get in. I, I know that the room hit capacity at a certain point and some people weren't able to get in, but if you were able to come, um, I hope you had a great time at the trade night. Now, before we keep on moving along, I wanted to shout out one more thing because we did do something at the national um, this year that we've never done before. And we launched something with a promo um, that is a pretty dang good offer. So I want to share that before we get too far. Uh, at the National this year, we launched our Slab Stocks grading service, which is not us grading cards ourselves. Um, we are group submitting with SGC grading. Um, SGC, as everyone knows, we've been partners with for you know last eight months or so, eight to nine months, and it's been a fantastic experience. We've graded hundreds of cards with them up to this point. You've seen the slab reveals videos. We've gotten submissions recently back in two business days from when they arrive at, at, at the SGC headquarters to when they ship out back to us. Um, it's only $23 per card, which is the lowest rate you can find out there. But I wanted to offer everyone on this live stream right now, the promo that we had up at the national, because we want people who weren't able to make it to the national to also be able to submit with the promo. So if you look here on the left side, it says slab stocks and the SGC card grading. If you look, it says grade five cards, get one grade free. That is true. If you grade five cards right now, you can get a grade free by going to slabstocks.com slash grading. You plug in all the different cards you want to submit. It's a super easy to use website. I think the form is, is amazing. You know, I've already had great feedback on it so far. And when you get to the end checkout, all you got to do is plug in the NTL22 code. Um, this is actually an unlimited use through the end of August. So you can submit one submission that has got 10 cards in there and you'll get two free grades. Submit two submissions that have five each. You'll get one free grade for each. Whatever it is, um, you'll be able to unlock that. And our very first submission is going out August 15th for this. So if you send in your cards now, if you hop on to slapsucks.com slash grading, I'll actually drop the URL right here in the chat. You can go on right now, and then you can use the code NTL22, and that's going to get you the free grain. Now, I do have to make a quick comment about the code NTL22. Um, I was setting it up last night and everything, and right now what it does is it deducts $23 off your order. If you submit six cards, 
It also does it if you submit 40 cards. So which means that it's not automatically giving you the, the grade five, get one free for unlimited number of times. But if you do submit your, that is going to get fixed. I have to say that will get fixed hopefully by tomorrow. But if you do want to submit your order tonight or tomorrow, um, please go ahead and do so. I'm watching the orders coming in. I'm emailing people who are using the code and I'll be refunding that difference that will get you the, that grade five, get one free. I'll also make an announcement to our you know, newsletter and our Instagram page for this when the code is fully functioning. I'm not making a post to the Instagram page until we have the code f- fully functioning. But I thought I'd let you all know here on today's Tuesday live stream to give you a heads up if you want to take advantage of the promo that we launched at the National um, to grade with SGC. It's pretty much the best option you can find, um, in my opinion. Right now, if you use the promo code, you can get down to around $20 per card, which is the lowest it'll ever be um, through us for right now. Um, and you, you won't be able to find, you know, under $23 elsewhere. So I'd really highly recommend um, to go t- to go and give that a shot if you, if you want to. Slabstocks.com slash grading, code NTL22. Uh, now to bring up some comments here from the chat so far. So Bazooka Tom's checking in from Denver, Colorado. Rush says that the show is an eight because you have great uh, uh, full he- – I'm not exactly sure what this what this comment says, but I guess I'm taking for is as a great experience, even though the location was a little bit bad. And yes, we will talk about that, but you still got trades done. Nice job. Brick, New Jersey, one hour north of Atlantic City, so not too far. Michael is checking in from uh, Tampa, Florida, but did not go to the show. Tom, what's up, man? How we doing? Gavin says it was a seven. Feels like there's no deals given out or guys had their stuff way overpriced. And would not really come down the prices. The breakers were awesome and people were cool. Well, I'll tell you what, if you stop by uh, booth number 1461, Nearly all of our prices, I feel, were super fair, and we got tons of deals done. We sold easily over 100 slabs uh, throughout the weekend, tons of raw cards. It was a great time. Um, as a dealer, you got to be willing to give deals to have a fun time and give a good experience. I think that's really, really important. Um, and then Tim says from uh, Northern California, ERB Sports says, my wife bought a card from your, dare to, from, from your dad, Aaron. We had a great time. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, Hank just sent us SGC grain today. Awesome, Hank. Thank you for doing that. Tom coming from Buffalo, New York, and then uh, ERB is from Fishers, Indiana. There we go. I'm right where the Midwest Monster was. Uh, and then we have David that said, was hockey cheap at the National? We picked up a ton of hockey cards. I got some super sick ones I can't wait to share. Ryan says, such a good deal. Yes, it is such a good deal, Ryan. Please, everyone who wants to take advantage, you have to act now to get that grade five, get one free during the month of August. First submission, like I said, going out August 15th. Our last submission did two business days from when it arrived. You can grade more cards. You can grade them quicker. You can turn them quicker. It's just a no-brainer. We sold, we sold so many SGC slabs at the show, too. Um, it was great to see people were interested, no doubt. About it. And Julian, we will talk later, actually, about your pre-grade experience. So I'm just going to ask you now, but we have a different uh, one later to talk about. But let's keep moving along with the audience comments. Sorry for that brief interruption. Uh-oh, you're muted, Julian. Julian's on mute. Whoops. Um, next comment is, it's a card knock life. 10 out of 10, train night at Bally's was incredible. Enjoy the Keandre Miller. You, my friend, are a gem to the hobby. So um, as Aaron and I noticed, well, the entire team noticed, we were staying in the Claridge Hotel, which connected to Bally's, I believe, right, Aaron? So yep. we would, whenever we would, like, walk downstairs, I think it was the second floor, there was a ton of trade night stuff going on i didn't really know if that was planned or not but it was super cool to see i know a lot of people got deals done with that and uh aaron picked up a, a nice keandre miller for the for the pc absolutely and i only picked that up thanks to julian i was upstairs i think i was a little tired julian was hunting out some deals at the trade night and said they found me a keandre it wasn't even on the floor 
He asked some guy, and boom, there it was. Pop uh, one PSA 10 gold seismic auto out 25. Super sick. Had to buy it. Thanks, Julian. And uh, he is the goat, Hank. Um, but yes, the, the trade night was pretty crazy at, between the hotels. Like the first night we walked through there, I couldn't believe it. Like there was hundreds of people, I think, like packed into that like hall. It was like a hallway, but kind of like a little congregation area. Pretty cool to see. I know a lot of people said they had a lot of success there. We walked, walked around a little bit one of the other nights. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. And then uh, Wisc Collectibles. Is there a limit to the buy five, get one free with the SGC grading on slabsocks.com slash grading? Meaning if I send 60 or 10 of them free, um, if that is the exact math, buy 60, get 10 free, then yes, that is correct. There is no limit in the month of August how many free grades you can get with the buy five, get one free. Now, right now, like I said, the coupon code will not automatically make it that when you check out, you'll get those 10 free. It will only deduct one of them off your total. But if you do it right now, if you submit it right now, I personally am receiving the emails with the orders. I personally will email you and tell you that we'll send you a refund for the difference between the ones you did not get for free to make sure you get for free and make sure you get the average cost down to around $20 per card. Now, like I said, we have put in the request to make sure these coupon codes can get built in to do this. So within the next day or two, it should be fixed to where I won't have to do that and refund you. It will just do it automatically, but I will do so, like I said, um, if that is the route you want to go right now. And I, I'm already doing that. Someone else are getting the refund to get make sure they get um, that, that, that offer. Uh, I'll read this one. So Quentin Schultz says, 10 inside the convention inside the convention center, negative five outside of the convention center. The area around it was shady. It was hard to get dinner anywhere unless you made reservations in advance. Um, I would have to agree with this. Uh, 10 inside the convention center, it was a really great time. Uh, the, the actual center itself was so much brighter than Chicago um, at the Rosemont Convention Center, down the Stevenson Convention Center, which is actually still a nice place. But I just feel like Atlantic City was so much brighter and the floor layout was pretty easy to get around. Um, and yeah, negative five outside of it, a couple blocks away from the convention center, it really was not nice areas. Uh, it just, you know, I didn't walk outside once going back from the show. We drove back and forth every single time. I would never want to walk through there with any sort of cards on me. Uh, just, and I heard from multiple people there taking Ubers four blocks down the road. Um, it just did not seem like the place to host a billion dollar industry, the biggest convention that there is there. It just made no sense. Um, I'm pretty confident that the Nationals locked in to doing a convention center in Atlantic City because they canceled the one in, during COVID. So they pretty much had to do this one. As a dealer, I can 100% confirm that we were given the option to vote on where we want it, not this upcoming year, 2023, which is in Chicago, but in 2024, when it will either be in Cleveland, Chicago again for back-to-back -back years, or in Atlantic City again. I did not vote for Atlantic City, and that, we had to submit that before the National this year. It's a little bit of insight. It's like the MVP awards in basketball. You vote before the playoffs. Same deal here. Luckily, I did not even take the chance, and I voted for Chicago, Cleveland, Chicago. Haven't been back to Cleveland since the first national I went to, so I'd like to go back there. Would not be mad if it was Chicago, 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 three years in a row, honestly. Uh, it's easy for us to get to, and it's a nice area. I'm um, in Rosemont. The hotels are really, really easy and accessible. But really quick on Quentin's point, uh, what, what did we even do for dinner? One night we did the Italian thing right in the Claridge Hotel, which was okay. And then we ordered pizza. And then the other night we went to the restaurant Bali. And then I'm pretty sure we never once went anywhere outside of our location, right? No, we did that. And then when the other night we did the eBay thing where it was like the wings and everything. So yeah, yeah, with Car Talk. We went to the yeah. Car Talk event. That was the only thing we did that wasn't even like right inside our hotel. But that was a fun event, going to Car Talk's event. Um, they had some amazing wings at this uh, Tennessee. It was like a brew hall. Super good. 
All right, next one uh, from Brian's Cards. Brian C. Cards, I'll read this one too. It's quick. Uh, the actual experience overall was 9.5 out of 10. The whatnot stage, the whatnot stage was super loud in the Breakers Pavilion and poor Wi-Fi and location. Uh, yeah, Julian, how about that uh, that Breakers stage when we were over trying to deal some soccer and F1 cards? Yeah, that that was definitely rough. I felt for everybody who set up over there. We we went over briefly, and there was a ton of great great booths. I know there was um the was U.S. Soccer Breaks was over there, and they had like an insane booth. So there's a bunch of crazy booths and we wanted to check it out, but we were only over there for probably 10, 20 minutes and our ears are hurting quite a bit after that. So you got a feel for them. I know that the, it's a, it's a good layout to have breakers and like a wide variety of stuff, but at times I know it was a little loud, but um, other than that, yeah, I mean, I feel like the layout, like Aaron said, was, was really nice. Yeah. And I got to say what not put on one of the best shows I've seen from any corporate um, company ever at the national like they're not necessarily the main stage which is where like the speaker system was which the microphone just could have been turned down a little bit where the speakers could have been but the actual like their their breaking stations were super super cool it's like kind of like neon lighting around them it was a ton of different it's just really good design it they did a really awesome job and the booth was was so cool on what they did for the and experiential too there was like some like kind of like a carnival game they had to get some uh, mystery packs and, and cards and stuff it was really cool and tons of kids were playing that so very awesome and props and whatnot and now yeah the wi-fi here was terrible for people um luckily i had some of the wi-fi from the charity night that that we had to pay for to make sure we had the wi-fi stream for the charity I was able to have it on my phone for the whole show um but there's a lot of people walking me saying oh i don't even know what you know what the comp is on there with the complete sales all this different stuff and you, you know, Julian tried at least the first three days. I know Julian's trying to like text me and call me, and there's just nothing was going through. He'd be like, "Hey, do you want this?" And I just wouldn't get any picture at all. They go along with it. Yeah, that was. I mean, this is a common theme throughout all the comments was the Wi-Fi and location. You'll you'll see that a lot, but the the Wi-Fi in particular with a with a team of multiple people running a booth, and the majority of booths wasn't just one person. If one guy runs out and you want to contact them about somebody coming up about a card. Or something like that it, it made it really difficult um the first few, few days the the text would would go through just normal text photos wasn't really going through and calls weren't so i would shoot aaron a text with a photo of a card or something and he would just get the text and he would just be like super confused about what i was talking about but uh yeah i kind of expected more from from the venue themselves because you need to look up stuff you, you can't memorize like no off the top of your head unless you're 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 crazy like Aaron like you I got that photographic memory you you know everything but uh yeah it was it it, it was kind of uh, a struggle yeah I I'll admit I had to use car ladder plenty at the show people were walking up stuff to the booth I had to look up a bunch of different prices to make sure I was offering a good uh you know the respectable amount that I was hoping to offer on those cards to purchase and also sometimes when I had to consider by accepting offers but in general, you're you're right, but I think the last two days calls were actually starting to go through. Like I feel like I talked to you multiple times on the phone. It's okay, so I don't know if they did did send a boost the service after the first couple of days or what. Um, here you go. Why don't you read this one? Uh, comment from Three Sharp Corners, Atlantic City, very difficult to get to, and there are plenty of better slash safer cities to host. Pricing was high on the cars I was targeting, and I ended up buying a nice Mbappe from PWCC Marketplace for considerably cheaper while at the show. Met a lot of great people, and that probably skewed my rating up to a seven. Yeah, I mean the great the great people was a theme uh, for a lot of people. Like it kind of outweighed maybe some of the the shortcomings, aka the surrounding area or the Wi Fi. 
Uh, but one thing I want to point out was that uh, I heard a lot of comments that people were like super high on their prices. Now, I didn't do enough walking around the show, honestly. Uh, I probably only covered like 15% of the show through a couple of different things we did. We did our penny stocks competition that we do every at the national. I can't wait for that uh, for that to release. I did a couple of things like at the Zero Cool booth um, and, and just a couple other things like that. I went and saw some people, but I didn't like specifically go and hunt to buy things because I was buying so much of the booth to where I didn't really you know experience that. But I did hear that a lot, which is. I heard a lot of people were saying inexperienced sellers, um, but really, I, I don't know if it's people bought too high and weren't willing to take losses. I, honestly, I can't see how it's really worth it to set up at the National, pay a ton of money, not only for the booth, but to get there, to stay there, all that different stuff. If you're not willing to sell your actual cards, um, even if it does result in some losses, because there were instances where let's just say I took a $100 loss on a card and sold it for $500 at the show. I took that cash and something walks up to my booth. There are some instances where I bought something in our booth for $700 and sold it 30 minutes later for $1,100. Um, there's another instance I bought something for $500 and sold for $575. Nate bought a lot for $700 and sold for $750. I know that some of those things are small, but those add up. They end up paying for pretty much all of our food and some of our hotel nights. Just some of those small flips there while you're there. You kind of need to mo- make the most of your time there. And I honestly wish... I did more of that. If I have one regret, it's that I wasn't taking more of the stuff I was buying and putting it back on the booth and, and, and you know, pricing it at even stuff that's worth. Like, I wasn't even selling it for for high amounts. It's just that I was getting great buys because people wanted to take cash and go spend on other booths, which is understandable. You kind of need to reload eventually your money. And, Julian, I think that we can ask you about that later, too, um, to kind of make the most of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, from Aub. From all Beckman, great experience, but the Wi-Fi is brutal, and 90% of the slabs are overpriced. Okay, so pretty much what I just said. Don't need to really detail that one out too much. Card stocks, nine. Granted, this was my first national. I'm sure other locations would be much better. However, I had amazing t- first time. Only thing I brought down from a 10 is the insane pain I have in my feet, ankles, and knees right now. Gotta say, slab stocks, Nate came in clutch and brought the massage gun uh, with us to the show and definitely was making the most of that on the uh, on the legs and the feet. Definitely helps. Uh, Midville sports cards, 4.5. So this is a pretty low rating here compared to the others. Uh, overpriced slabs all over vintage card showcases where astronomical prices not moved just to display. Would rather it be more organized in sections of modern vintage and higher end. Atlantic city is also a bleep hole. So that didn't help either. Um, I gotta say that I like this idea of making organized sections right now. I can speak on this when we do dealer, uh, selection for booth numbers for the following year or for the next year. It's very, 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 very unorganized. It's a very terrible process. I spent three hours waiting online slash picking booth on Saturday morning or two and a half. And I would love to see that change. The National, if you're listening, please hire a tech company to develop out an app where you have the show floor and you do a lottery system where people are sitting there on their computers the week after the National so that you don't take up dealers' times at the National. It's very, very frustrating sitting there for three hours on Saturday morning. Um, especially having to get there early and then not selecting for another hour or something like that. But what happens if you don't show up? You know, you tell someone on time, you don't show up and you miss your booth. It's like, no, you can't do that, but it just takes forever. Um, that has to change. The process has to change. And if there was a little bit more organization, uh, it would be cool. I mean, what if we did have the F1 people in the same place? Now, maybe it hurts because then it's more competitive. Um, I don't know. I know that people are walking up to up to our booth and saying, holy cow, there's some F1 here. Holy cow, there's some hockey here or soccer, um, which is cool to see. Which is cool to see. All right, you want to read this one off? Yep. Uh, CO303 Sports Card said, this is one of the longer comments, but he made some valid points. 
Uh, six, needs a lot of improvement, but didn't fail completely. Safety was a big issue for me. No air conditioning in some places for ventilation or circulation after post-pandemic is not ideal. As well, the boardwalk wasn't best for those bringing their children for a good time. Location, not the most centralized location and really not accommodating to West Coast or West of Midwest, along with an airport not direct to site. Internet and phone capabilities or lack thereof. I couldn't use my phone for texting or calling and miss, missing out on a lot more opportunities that could have possibly happened. But on the other hand, it was fun to talk about cards without being on our phones. Reason why it wasn't a total failure, people still showed up. I I think he made this this person who commented make a, made a ton of great points. Um, the air conditioning point for for us, I I know for us, in me in particular, I was a little bit cold the uh, a couple of days. I didn't bring a sweatshirt because I think we were right underneath event, but at certain other points in the the convention center, it um, there wasn't a ton of AC. But I didn't I didn't think it was too bad. But of course, I didn't walk around nearly as much as many people. Location we've already talked about that but this person does make up bring up a very good point about no airport directly on site uh the team Aaron Nate and his dad actually drove there the the going to the national uh coming back we all drove back but I flew to Philadelphia and then I took a bus to uh, Atlantic City it's a it's a big hassle I know a lot of people that I talked to on the bus were not fans of it I don't understand why you would do there's such a big event that it's just so inconvenient to, to get there. And I, I bet it definitely turns off a ton of people who are indecisive as to whether or not they wanted to go like a few months back because you can't fly in. But it, it is nice when there's an airport nearby. And then we kind of already touched on the internet and phone capabilities. However, where it's not being ton on your phones, that is, that is a lot of fun because you're not getting sucked into just staring at your phone and you're making a ton of connections, which was a lot of fun. I agree with you. And I, I like the last point too. Reason why it wasn't a total failure. People still showed up. I want to point out, I mean, I, going to the show, you all heard it on the last couple of live streams we did here. I was not super like confident that the attendance was going to be massive um, for all the reasons we already talked about where it was East coast, hard to get to no direct in airports, more expensive to travel right now, all this different stuff. Yo, that thing was packed like all the way up until Sunday, which Sunday was pretty quiet. All four of the first days, I walked out on the show floor a few times. That thing was jam-packed in the middle. I could not believe the amount of people that came out for it, which is awesome to see. I think it speaks volumes to where people are People are at in the card space right now. Um, while it might not be every single car is rising in price like crazy right now, I think, the, the first off, like the confidence in the market, the enjoyment that comes from this, this is like the best week of the year for sports card collectors and the connections you can make. And even just like the ability to deal in person. I mean, how many how much do you just like to just hand cards back and forth in person? Like it's so much fun. Um, obviously we love doing selling online throughout the entire year, but like for a whole week, just to do deals, 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 like it's incredible. So it's really, it made a, a huge success in my opinion. Bar one cards. I love AC. The casinos are a ton of fun. Why is everyone so scared? LOL. The free Wi-Fi is mostly passable for me. Great mix of cards. Lots of good people. 10 out of 10. Well, it looks like the bar one cards kind of skirted a lot of things that people are upset about, meaning the safety and also the Wi-Fi. And if you like casinos, I guess it's for you because there are a lot of casinos, especially in the hotels. Um, for me, a lot of those things that uh, bar one cards mentioned, I either didn't uh, do like casinos or was actually kind of nervous about the environment and the surroundings, being a dealer with a ton of cards 
in value going in and out of the show. Like that stuff just really sketched me out. So I guess maybe from a perspective, if you come in with very few cards, maybe you're not as scared. Uh, but I gotta tell you, like coming with you know lots of dollars worth and lots of volume and the whole setup, uh, it, it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah, uh, coming sure. from sorry, really Bye. quick, coming from the collective. The, cl- the Cardboard co- uh, Collaborative, sorry about that, is great meeting you guys watching the end of the F1 race and talking about F1. Hey, super fun. I think it just points to like how, why it's so enjoyable. I mean, connecting with a ton of different collectors. Um, a lot of new people I haven't met yet, too. Like, you know, I, obviously I saw people I've seen previous shows and previous nationals, but a lot of new people came up and said hi and just say, hey, we enjoy the flip quest or hey, we enjoy digging corners and nates. Um, or, you know, we really like this you do on Instagram is just really, really cool to see your newsletter, you know, the daily slab that so many people read every single morning, got so many people say, oh, I get on the subway, I read it automatically. It's like, that's awesome. I mean, we put a lot of effort into that for people to, 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 you know, make that payoff is really cool and hear that and slab sucks. Nate in the house. What up? What up? Um, hello, Nate. Nate is currently sitting in the airport. Uh, Nate, drop your quick thoughts on the national, um, and we'll read them off. I mean, you don't have to say everything because I know you're going to talk a little bit about a little bit about it on next week's uh, the intro to the live stream, but it's just just keep a just drop a couple things. That is the true. That is Sam's line. ERB says Nate. That's Sam's line. Cut it out. But it's actually what up? What up? What up? So Nate said it twice. <laughs> Enjoyed yeah. meeting you too. The D Team Sports Card. Sorry, Julian. Now you can talk. Okay, well, I just want to touch on the casino thing. I mean, just like everything else we talked about, this is our personal opinions. People have fun with different things, but I'm not a huge casino guy. And we, a ton of our hotels are connected to casinos. And one of the nights we went, we had to walk through one to get to the food. Uh, you're allowed to smoke in casinos. I don't know why that's still a thing. So the smell's not great. There's no windows for obvious reasons because they want to keep you inside. <laughs> I'm not the, the biggest fan of casinos. It just seems kind of, you go from like the card show where it's just like kind of like heaven. Your dad talked about that. And then you go into casino, which is like the exact opposite for me. Um, but I'm happy people are able to have fun with, with casinos if that's your thing. But me personally, I didn't want to stand around in the casino for too long. Not that I was like scared something was going to happen. It's just like the vibe is not for me at all. Yeah, I agree. I'm more of a car guy. Um, although I have done some blackjack back in my day. Uh, Nick Foles, if I ain't go to the national, but my LCS is selling the silver packs, would it be worth scooping some to rip? I have to objectively say from my state, I guess subjectively say from my opinion, um, I have an open A, but I'll tell you what, the silver pack design is pretty atrocious this year. Those cards look ugly. The gold packs, in my opinion, also look ugly. I wouldn't spend a single dime. Uh, personally, I don't want to go there and go out there and poo-poo it for people who scooped up a bunch and are hoping to sell them on eBay or wherever else they want to do it, break it, whatever. Um, all I guess is for myself, I would not be buying any of them. They all look ugly to me. It's a terrible de- design from Panini. Upper Deck makes cards that look way better that I'd rather spend my money on. Um. Nate, Nate's got a comment in here. Venue was great. Bathrooms were spotless. LOL. True. Shout out to the Atlantic City Convention Center because those bathrooms were great. Tons of stalls and everything else you need to use in the bathroom, and they're all clean. Uh, food options were limited, but better than Chicago. What, Nate? Better than Chicago? I mean, I get. I guess I understand that you can like get food maybe closer to where you're exactly staying, like in the Hyatt. You can't just like walk down the stairs and eat, but at least in Chicago, you can kind of like drive to a couple places because there's actually some places to go to. Maybe not. I think but, you uh, meant in the convention center. Oh, no, Nate's correct. Nate's right. The food options inside the concessions are better at Atlantic City. Shout out Julian for understanding that. I didn't. 
Our surrounding area was met. The people at the show were great, 100%. Um, <laughs> Matthew Johnson, isn't sports cards similar to gambling? So Nationals must have been a paradise for gamblers. True. I mean, <laughs> there is, op, you know, aspects, breaking, ripping, all that stuff is similar to gambling. You're not wrong. Um, for me, I'd rather buy that Kirill Kaprizov, grade it, sell it, hold it, sell it when, you know, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more planning that goes into it than just uh, hit or stay, I guess. Yeah, th- this is something that I've talked about a ton the past few weeks, which I haven't really touched on before about the gambling. And I, I disagree that, it, that it's gambling, unless you're ripping, which is kind of like gambling. But in in the hobby, the only reason you kind of have an explanation as to why a card goes up or goes down, a lot of it's based on performance. And it's never really hit or miss. You're going to make a ton of money or lose a ton of money. I'd say uh, a lot of it has to do with there's a, there's an explanation behind everything. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's not really chance while you're not like a hundred percent sure you're going to make the right decision. I think there, there's definitely um, less loss involved. And then I think there's another comment uh, with, with collectibles. This is a good comment for us to address. Um, what do dealers do with their show shop at the end of each day? You pack up all your inventory and take it back to the hotel every night. So, for us, we kept all of our showcases there, which a lot of people did. weren't too worried about people stealing that. Well, it would have sucked if they did, but it wasn't a huge concern. But everything else we took back, we had the custom charity uh, stuff, the slabs, the wax that we were selling. We didn't keep anything in the car that was of value because of the, the location and there were tons of stories about people uh, stuff getting stolen, blah, 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 all that types of stuff. So the pack up at the end of the day was definitely... Um, a bit for for the first couple of days, but it is definitely better safe than sorry. So we would pack all, everything up, do multiple trips into the convention center. We had four four people, so it helped a lot. And then we would bring it into the hotel once we once we got back, and we did that process every day in the morning and at night. But um, yeah, I'm definitely happy we did that because if we had come across a situation where some of our stuff got checked, it it would have uh, ruined the the week for sure. Yeah, and I'd say like 90% of dealers are probably leaving their stuff in the show and body bagging and locking them. I do, I'm not sure. I don't really feel like that. I know a lot of people do it, so I'm sure we could do that body bag, log them, and then leave. There's always a risk. You never know when you leave your stuff and it's not in your possession. Um, I'd just rather have it in our possession at all times, especially because we don't come. You know, some people come with like a million cards where they're in all these different boxes, you know, five rows, six rows, whatever. Um, we did have a good amount of stuff. I mean, it's definitely like a wagon trip and a bunch of hands going back to the car, but, you know, not not as much. <laughs> Nate says, I love how Julian goes from 20 years old to 45 with those glasses on. I think that's what he's saying. I'm not sure. No, I think that's what no he's comment. I mean, you go from 20 to 45 without hair, so like... Um. Mm. DT or team sports cards. Yes. Thank you so much for the hockey lot. I appreciate that. Um, Nate says cover the trade deadlines. You cowards. Well, or the trade deadline for baseball. I got to say Juan Soto trade to the Padres. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, just messing around. Yeah. Nate, Nate's been going crazy in the ding corner story on, on Instagram covering the entire trade deadline. So please, if you do want to read about the trade deadline, go to at dinging corners on Instagram. Make sure to follow the Slab Sox podcast because the Dating Corners episode releases every single week. And I know this week is going to be a hot episode with Nate and Jimbo discussing all things trade deadline. 
And there's one more comment here, maybe. Nick, I agree. I saw some packs that were insane, but I always wonder about people weighing them or knowing they didn't get good packs. Yeah, that is a concern with uh, silver and gold packs. I mean, when they're just individual packs, loose packs, you never know what people do. Tech says, when are we going to get a West Coast National? Um, I don't know, man. I don't think it's going to go to California. It was used to be in Anaheim. So expensive to travel out there to stay, the food. Just too expensive of a state, I think, to host a national. I mean, keeping in the Midwest is pretty affordable for a lot of different people. So I think that there's a good chance they'll be in Cleveland again. Also, when it might in Indianapolis, someone commented that earlier. I don't know if the convention center is exactly big enough. Minneapolis wouldn't be a bad idea either. I believe that there are some locations that can probably host it there. I know that VCon was at US Bank Stadium. That would be interesting. I don't think you could probably do a national there, but VCon was pretty cool there, I gotta say. Uh, Drew cards 10 for myself and my buddy had a plan for what time to leave the house, where to park, which was Caesars for $15. We walked four blocks and did our homework on which cards we wanted. I knew the comps, got some good deals and met some awesome people. Well, it looks like Drew cards 24 absolutely hacked the national and figured out how to do every single thing, which is great. So congrats to Drew. I'm glad you had a good time and got some good people. Were there any okay. celebrities there? Um, I did see that Jorge Masvidal was walking around the show. I saw Raleigh Finger say was walking around the show. Um, Jamil posted a video about that. Um, Floyd who Mayweather else? was there signing, I think. Well, I mean, other than the people, there was a ton of people signing. Like, they're obviously oh, trying to bring right, a lot right. of people signing. Um, I was more thinking of like just people who were walking on the show. Who was another one I saw? There was Adam was- Adam Lefko. Yeah, Adam yeah. Lefko was there. Uh, um, Cassius Marsh is that his name? The bear? yeah, Ca- Cassius Marsh. Cassius Marsh. That, that's who uh, I was just gonna say. Uh, he does a ton of Pokemon stuff and Magic together. He owns a shop. Um, he's a linebacker for the Bears right now. It used to be Steelers, I think. Diamond Sports Card. Um, 9.5 show was awesome. Great experience inside the show. Outside, first time in Atlantic City. Man, people love meth, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say, but I guess I guess Diamond Sports Card kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, the Cardboard collaborative said the trade nights and the different meetups were definitely where the majority of the deals went down sold and trade a lot at those i do have to agree um at the one trade night that i went to specifically like a you know like oh you go to the okay just kidding i went to the charity we did the charity night but i wasn't trading there i was doing the charity night uh, we went to the f1 trade night and i saw one card there um i know julian did a ton of deals there at the very end but um i do think a lot of deals were going down in there and people were having a good time i was just a little tired so i wasn't really going out and Searching too hard for the deals. He is pretty draining setting up all day, I gotta say. Sealed Team Wax, 7 uh, out of 10. First time going, cool experience, but the prices was high. Pricing was high or the fact that no one priced things were annoying. Yeah, not pricing things is annoying. I gotta say, every single time that I do um, an episode on the uh, national preview, not a review, a preview, I always say, everyone, price your cards for your dealer. It's nothing worse than being a vendor or attendee and walking around. And having to ask prices on every single thing, especially when people are in conversations with, with each other. Um, and, and that really counts for if it's a single person or two people setting up at a booth. It's very easy for people to not be free because they're talking to other people, excuse me, to other people. Um, for us, we had every single thing priced when we got to the show and we laid it all out. The only things that were not priced in our booths were things I bought during the show that I wasn't super looking to sell. But if people ask them specifically, if they really want them, I give out a price and they maybe buy them. Now, now, the, those cards in our booths that were not priced probably made up like less than 10%, maybe close to like 5% of the cards that were actually laying on the table. And while I didn't take my own, my own advice and price everything, which I really should have done, I think that was at the point to where like so much was priced that it really wasn't 
Um, you know, it, it wasn't like that people had nothing priced. That's a completely different thing. But in the future, it'd probably be nice to, as I buy something, to store a sticker on it. Um, so I'd get in the habit of doing that versus just putting like, you know, a bunch of stuff in a case I just bought. I got to say, John said soccer training was low key. It was a lot of fun, small community, but growing. John, I really, really wanted to make it. For anyone out there that was like, why is Aaron going to an F1 train night, not a soccer train night? Um, I had some medical stuff happening over the week, and I couldn't make it a Saturday night's thing. I had a really tough Saturday um, and Saturday night, so I just couldn't swing getting to the train night. Um, just too much piles up in a trip, and eventually you have to make a decision to put some health first versus trying to break your back to do everything. But I do feel bad for not going because I did really want to be there. I still did buy a good amount of soccer cards at the show, for anyone wondering. Still actively involved in the soccer card market. Just didn't make it a trade night. Really wish I did. Um, but I'm sure it was a great time. I hope you had a great time there. All right. Next one. Very quick. Back to the card. 6.5 Chicago the year before was a 9.3. So there you go. Kind of shows the stark difference between Chicago and Atlantic City. Blanket card collector shows a 9. A lot of museum pieces at 3X comps. But fun to see. Outside it was a 1. Old and grimy city. And hope to never go back. Why? Same. Uh, why find cell coverage made it really tough to do things at times. Always great to see you, big deal, famous guy at the show. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that meant, but <laughs> you're a big time. That's what I mean. You're I don't know if speaking about me or if that was about random other big deal, famous guys. I'm not famous. I just go out there and buy and sell cards and talk to people. <laughs> That's all I do. Um, so that was all of our comments from the audience perspective, which I think is going to actually hit on a lot of these different things that we are about to talk about now. So we don't have to talk about these for very long. But I want to pull up these different things. Uh, buying as a dealer and also an attendee perspective. Um, Julian, I'll cover the dealer side really quick. You cover the attendee side because you did walk around more than I did. So you kind of got a feeling for more about what that was like. But uh, from a dealer perspective, buying at the booth, people were looking for cash. I can't even tell you how many good deals I got at the booth. It really speaks to me being able to sell multiple of them for more money right there at the show. And also ones I'm bringing back home to get greater than sell in the near future. Uh, if you have a booth, you have to make use of both aspects, selling and buying. Last year in Chicago, we did not use make use of buying. We couldn't. We weren't in a position to do so. This year, this year we were, and it made a loads of difference. You know, I can't even believe how many good cards I bought for good prices and were able to even sell at the show or sell early. You know, coming uh, pretty soon after coming back. So, how about as an attendee, Julian? What do you see? Yeah, I walked around a ton, definitely in the the, car, the later days. Uh, one thing that I would say is a little different than the majority of people have been saying from a buying perspective. I didn't really notice that people were pricing things uh, too outrageously. I think that's probably because I was only really looking at soccer and F1. Uh, I would assume that a lot of the overpriced stuff with basketball and football, considering the football season's coming up and basketball cards in general are down quite a bit. So people are maybe not trying to move stuff and lose a ton of money. But uh, I, had a, I had a great time. F1, definitely there wasn't as much as other sports, but uh, we found the tables. Which, which was a lot of fun. Just walking around in general, there's a bunch of crazy cool stuff, even if I wasn't going to buy it. I mean, talking with people about cards, talking to people about sports, it, it was a lot of fun for me. And I would say the layout is a lot better than Chicago. Um, it's pretty easy to, to navigate. They're, they're, the Chicago one's a little confusing, but um, I would say also advice is to take notes as to where things are. I know I said that before. I was really bad at like, seeing something and then saying I was going to go back and then like not being able to find it. And I know Aaron knows that as well, but uh, I got a little bit better at it towards the end, but the land was definitely better despite me not knowing where I was. Uh, John says, no worries. 
Man, I was the one that donated a few of the slabs like the Schumacher and Geo to you guys for custom. Yes, thank you so much to John for donating live at the show. Can't tell me how many people either walked up and gave me cash, a check, slabs, whatever. Um, John donated to us right at the show for Cam Kasim. Thank you so much. That stuff will actually be sold this week and whatnot. And uh, also, John, I didn't I didn't remember that, that this was you, by the way, when you commented at first. But thanks for a reminder because that helps anyways. Yeah, uh, shout out John. I had a bunch of great conversations with him about soccer. I mean, he was one of the many people that, that I met and super nice guy. Uh, I love talking with him and a bunch of guys about soccer. So Definitely. John's a great guy, no doubt about it. Gabriel says Aaron is a B plus celebrity at this point with, with a fire emoji and then said that Nate is like a D minus. I said, what does that make Julian Gabriel? And he goes, F. Wow. Oh, Gabriel. That kind of hurts, man. Come on. You got to put me, you got to put me above Nate at the very least. At least Julian showed up on this live stream, right? Yeah, exactly. Nate, Nate said he didn't want to do it. He's not actually traveling. Yeah, he's not traveling. He's actually right now sitting and uh, probably eating like a burger or something like. Oh, wait, actually not a burger. He'd probably explode if he ate that. Well, either way. <laughs> um, Aaron, what is your buying strategy as a dealer? Only buy certain cards, or is it easy, or is it, or is your offer associated with how easily you think you can move a card for profit? Uh, Wisc Collectibles, excellent question. I will look at anything. People walk up to the booth. They might say, hey, what are you looking to buy? I'll tell them. But then I'll say, but I'll look at anything if you want me to show me, right? Like the worst I can say is no. And I'll respectfully say no. Um, some people I feel like are just in, like, you know, kind of jerks about it. Honestly, if you go up and ask them if they're buying. I saw someone walk up to the booth, ask them if they're buying, just went, no. Literally didn't say anything else. It was like, geez, man, like what's your problem? Not having a fun show or what? Um, from my perspective, I was buying a lot of raw cards. Um, I I didn't want to buy a lot of slabs um, right now to to sell slabs in the near term, a near term, short term. You definitely have to make the correct call on an athlete like in their sport as the sport starts up. It's pretty difficult in my opinion. Um, I really was looking to buy raw cards to get them great at SGC, especially through a national promotion right now. Um, even without the national promotion, twenty three dollars a card in a normal normal month. It's just August right now. That's a grade five get one free. That was the play. Find rare things, serial number things, super short print variations like Messi. I bought a 2017 top screen variation. It's got to be the right price. I'm not going to pay 100% of you. It comes to the booth. People really, 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 really want cash to spend live at the show. Gives you great leverage at a dealer. I'd say I was buying certain things between like anywhere from 50 to 70% of eBay comps. Honestly, I bought some stuff at 50. I bought some stuff at 70. If it's a really, really, really good card, I probably paid closer to like 90% if I really wanted it. Probably did that on like one or two cards only. Um, but that 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 is it. After the show, I'm going to send them in the SEC, get them graded, either send them to auction, buying our best offer, something like that. Auctions definitely will do PWCC, buying our best offer. Um, we'll see. I'll test that, the fixed price marketplace for sure with them if they end up being there or, and I don't want to sell them right away. Um, but we'll see. Hope that gave you some insight. Any other questions, feel free to ask. Um, Kevin... Ella, what was the best F1 you saw? The best F1 that walked up to the booth was definitely the Lewis Hamilton Orange Auto out 25 PSA 1010. Um, I actually saw a card in uh, June at, in New York. That was on our New York Coast to Coast Cards video, but Julian saw that for the first time. Crazy card, definitely a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar F1 card. I know what the Hamilton Super Fractor Auto was walking on the show. Unfortunately, I wasn't walking around enough, and it didn't walk up to the booth, so I couldn't hold it, take a picture with it. But heard that was at the show, um, so that would have been the biggest one there for sure. Matthew, did you guys deal with some rude people? I'd say I only had one negative interaction in our booth. I'm pretty sure I only had one. Um, I don't really want to detail it, but 
I think I probably had multiple hundred, obviously multiple, multiple hundreds of interactions throughout the weekend for one to be negative. I think that's a pretty good hit rate. Um, people who came up to our booth were extremely, extremely um, respectful. And uh, I was happy about that for sure. All right. Selling as a dealer and also attendee perspective. So as a dealer, man, the selling went very, very, very well for us. We sold a ton of stuff. We only, from all the different F1 slabs we brought, which is probably over 200, we probably were left with like 30 to 40 at the very end. Sold an insane amount. Um, now, on our end, it was fortunate. We had more wiggle room. We were able to give people good deals if they were collectors of someone like Kimi Raikkonen or Carlos Sainz. Um, whatever it was, we were able to get better deals because a lot of the cards we were not in high on. Um, that that really helped a lot, I have to say. Like If I was in a different perspective, position and a lot of them I bought slabbed at the height of the market, it would have been a probably a different story. And I probably wouldn't have even put them out for sale, to be honest, because at that point you're not going to want to sell them and lose. And you just would have had a standstill the entire weekend, which I feel like people probably ran into if people bought too high. So for us, it worked well because of that. Um, and also, I want to say I was very, 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 very flexible in pricing, willing to give deals to people who collected certain drivers or even people who wanted to buy multiples. I think, Julian, you can speak from it too because you did selling as a uh, from our dealer perspective also, but it was a blast dealing with people, honestly. Like, it's so cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Kind of fun. And then from a, an attendee perspective, I know I did a lot more walking around than, than Aaron did, but uh, I, I'd say I, I learned a lot from, from the selling process. I know a lot of people, like myself, I was just going up the tables asking if they were buying. I, was, I mainly had F1, so I was asking if they were buying F1. I got a lot of no's, as a lot of people probably did with cards that they were trying to sell. But you just got to, all you need is one yes. So I, I went up to tons and tons of booths. And if people weren't interested, they were super respectful about it. And I was respectful back. That's just how it has to be. Um, but I also learned what, what people were buying and got an insight into what they weren't really buying. I had two cards at the end. Um, they were 70th gold uh, F1 cards, portrait cards that it was a little, a little tricky to move. So now going forward, I know that's not really something people value highly, but at the same time, I learned about what people were really interested in, but it's all about all the worst they can say is no, as Aaron mentioned earlier, people, people came up to us. We said, we'd look at everything, uh, bought a couple of stuff and then it went pretty well. So it was definitely a, a nice learning experience for me. Love it. The market vibe, mostly like how are people feeling at the show? I already talked about it a little bit before, but super energetic. I feel like that there's a lot of people there. Um, as mentioned, and people are really excited about what's to come. The Fanatics experience was pretty awesome there. Um, we'll speak a little bit more on that later. But um, just overall, felt like it was a great show vibe from people being at the National. Felt like people were actually really excited about the cards. There was not too much Debbie Downer there, in my opinion, at all. The venue, I don't think we really have to say any more about that. We spoke about it a lot. Atlantic City, I already talked about it. Uh, this one we did not yet, but women representation at the show and women's sports cards as a uh, you know, collectibles and buying and selling opportunities there. This is by far the most women I've ever seen at a show in my life. Um, we kind of had that vibe going ever since last year's national. Um, each show you went to since then, if it was Dallas, if it was Vegas, if it was wherever else I've been since the last national, it was just more and more and more women coming in supporting the hobby. And uh, the hobby supporting them back is really the biggest thing, which is awesome to see. There was even um, 
women of the hobby. There was like a booth at the show for them specifically. Um, Lauren Taylor was up as an artist there. Very nice talking to her. Um, and it was very nice, you know, meeting new women or, you know, Stephanie from Mama's Breaks or Kayla, who we were talking to quite a bit. And uh, it was just very, very cool to see. And also I, I bought some women's cards there. Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd. A different person came up and bought the Carly Lloyd then for me. She's so excited to add to her collection. She had the insane Roosevelt. Um, just a very good, good experience overall. I'm very happy to see um, the representation uh, spreading out. And also at the Card Talk event, they had a, um, a woman of the hobby panel too with Hannah. Um, Black Jade Wolf was there. Sharon, um, Sam from one of the hobby. Um, it was Jess from Break was, Breaks with Jess. Uh, it was Courtney from Card Talk. I don't think I'm leaving anyone out. I try to mention everyone. But, yeah, that, it was very – oh, Christina from Card Ladder, duh. She probably slapped me right now if I left her out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was awesome. John, what was the uh, women's card you – the play you made? Yeah, it was a fun market. A lot of people were also looking for him too. I know Adam, who was set up, uh, had his cards in our booth for a couple of days. He said he was mostly picking up women's cards too there, which is cool to see. Yeah, I think Aaron touched on the majority of it. Uh, it was super gr- – I mean, Aaron's been to way more nationals than I have, but I didn't notice there was – a ton of women, which is great. We got to hear from them, as, as he said. And me personally, one of my favorite uh, content creators is Hannah, which is she collects cards. So it was super nice to meet her. And she's a big F1 person. So, I mean, maybe one day I'll have some cra- the crazy cards like her. But super nice meeting her, talk to her a little bit. So that, that was great. Awesome. Um, post-show events, we already covered these. But uh, we did the train night with Ryan, packed. We did a charity night at the train night. We went to the F1 night, train nights at Bally's, um, and then the soccer training that John was at too, or some of the ones to mention. Uh, grading at the show, I heard there was huge lines for PSA. It was like $200 to get it back by the end of the weekend, $400 to get it back by the day of. I saw someone post that they tried to cross over um, 16 different 9.5 uh, BGS True Gem or True Gem Plus cards and went over 16 and spent $7,000 to do it, um, which is just absolutely crazy to me. Um, and then also, um, SGC was the first uh, show they launched their pre-grade at. I actually have some of them right next to me. Let me grab it really quick. But Julian, talk about your SGC pre-grade experience and what you bought at the show and how you did it. Yeah, I mean, SGC launched the the, the raw review at just for the national uh, new concept they hadn't really ever done before. I thought it was a super cool idea. Definitely cheaper than companies such as Beckett who do it. I picked up a Max Verstappen uh, 70th orange portrait. A guy came up to the to our table, was trying to move it. I bought that. I thought it was in super great condition, and I thought it would definitely get a good grade. But with raw stuff, it's all subjective. So I decided to pay the $25 to get it raw reviewed. It got a 9.5, and it's so cheap, but it brings up the value a ton. So it kind of showed that people like I I would say if I hadn't gotten it raw reviewed, I would have been like it's super clean, but somebody would have been like, Okay, that's just your your view. But I got an outside source to just kind of confirm it and seal it up. The raw review, the like the the way they did it, it was it was super easy. The look of the card inside the raw review was super cool. And Aaron's got got it right there. And I flipped it just two days later and I, I would say the raw review helped it a ton. So flipped it for 900 bucks just two days later. And I, I personally had a great experience with it. I know some people in the hobby have some strong views on SGC, but uh, they once again show that they're just for, for the people, super inexpensive, helps out a ton. And then even if I didn't sell it, I would have I would have slabbed it later on. 
they say it's a 99% chance that you'll get the, the grade you, you already had with the raw review, which is super great. And unless like Aaron says, you run over it with your car, then you probably wouldn't get the same grade, but it was, it was a great concept and I used it and I had a great experience. Definitely. I just showed off what they're looking like. Um, absolutely beautiful how they did this, how they put the hollow on the um, tuxedo logo right there that with this car in particular matches the, uh, the refractor of the Lewis Hamilton. And it was just such a good experience between walking it off, uh, dropping them off, filling out the order super quickly on a computer that they had there. And then bang, it got back within under 24 hours. I think that we submitted ours, Julian, at like, I don't know, three o'clock, maybe the day before and gone back at like 10 a.m. the next day. Um, yeah, and also, I would have to agree, Julian. I don't think that you would have gotten like, I don't know if you saw how much it was, but the amount yeah, you, you did. You could, yeah, I bought it for, for 2.1K and then I sold it for 3K two days later. And that I don't think I would have, I think I would have gotten profit if I hadn't done the raw review, but definitely not as much. I would say your $25 investment probably at least got you like five to $600. For sure. Yeah. And I think that is well worth it, especially the fact that if you were to do this at the show yourself and get this thing back within the under 24 hours, um, you would be able to then send it into SGC and slab it. They're doing like a 40% discount. So it's like, I think it's like $18 um, if you want to then slab it yourself or if you send it in through our service, you can get slab to um, slabsex.com slash grady and then use the promo code for this month, the NTL22 for grade five, get one free. Uh, Matthew, I hope I just answered your question right there. Uh, under yeah. 24 hours it was. Uh, the cardboard collaborative you're going to pick up is pretty crazy i'm i'm guessing that's towards me with with my lando pickup i did have a crazy pickup i sold basically every card i had except in my pc there was a super sick lando card that uh i saw aaron and i were both walking it was actually near like the whatnot booth so when it was pretty loud but i fell in love with it right away it was it was out of my price range at the time and then it became more realistic once I did a bigger deal at the F1 uh, trade night. But thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I was super happy, super excited. I keep looking at it, even though um, I've seen it multiple times. <laughs> Julian, uh, speak on it for a second here. Um, not too long, but just like what you did with selling cards that maybe you lost a couple dollars on or broke even and, what, and just how you got there. Yeah. Aaron mentioned it as well, but you have to have that long-term viewpoint. Sure, uh, at the F1 trade night, I sold a big, a bunch of big cards. I definitely thought I could have gotten more money for it, but it, it, it I made a, I made a, pro made some profit, and then in the grand scheme of things, I flipped that into a huge card, which I think down the road can could be a big, big ROI. But you, you don't get, don't you shouldn't get hung up on losing a couple hundred dollars. Not that in that scenario I did, but in some other cards I did because I wanted to get the cash. If you make a mistake, you overpay for something. It's better to, to accept that, take the cash, and move it into something else where you can make money on as opposed to holding on to it and then not making any money and holding it forever because odds are if you bought it like at the beginning of the year or last year, you're not going to make your money back if you bought it at the height. So you got to think about it in the grand scheme of things. So I was able to flip that into a big card, which I'm super happy about. Yeah, definitely. I got going back really quick to the pre-grade thing. I know it's a little blurry right now, but they put the thicker cards in the magnetics, a brand new magnetic, and then put the label over the top and then put a team bag around. Honestly, like for some of these, like this just looks spectacular in this uh, pre-grade thing. Like I got a couple of RPAs at grade, maybe like 8.5s. I'm still making up in my mind if I actually want Slabby or just keeping the pre-grade. It looks actually so good. <laughs> All right. 
corporate presence. Uh, the most corporate presence yet at a national. There's massive boost there from Panini, from Tops, from Fanatics, from Zero Cool, from Collectors. Um, SGC definitely had a presence there. Obviously, whatnot, a massive presence. PWCC had two locations this year. Um, just crazy, crazy stuff that was going on. Um, the SGC 95 Min Plus Mickey Mouse was on display. So was the PSA 10 Mickey Mouse was on display. Got to post something about the two of those things together. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was the most yet. And I got to pick when I picked my our booth for next year. Literally, corporate like tripled from the previous year at the National in Chicago. Uh, it's going to be the biggest presence in, in Chicago. More people are trying to come in and buy corporate booths. I'm sure it's a big money maker for the National. And I'm definitely positive that's pushed out some dealers. Even people have had booths for multiple years in a row now. Luckily, we're at priority four now going forward because we'll, this will be our fourth Nationals next year setting up. But um, I think some people missed out there even priority two. So last year we were in priority two, which means that if we were two years later, we might have missed out on a booth, which was, would have been really sad. <laughs> um, I mean, super sad. And I, I think hopefully now uh, we're safe for the for the foreseeable future, um, given we've had now will be four years in a row. And that should be safe as long as they don't like – 10 times corporate which would literally mean there'd be like no normal booster which i don't think is a smart idea at all i think actually the smaller boosts drive the all the action and the corporate boost yeah they create experiences for people but i mean people go there literally to buy and sell cards and that's what all the smaller boosts do around it like us um and the content too while we're there and then lastly i want to talk on the zero cool experience um zero cool cards obviously came up this year with the first release of v friends since then they've done jackass and they're they just announced three new releases at the national one being stranger things four absolutely in love with the action very much new stranger things sweatshirt right now um and then also they announced dune and a Ke- set for kevin smith i'm not completely sure on exactly what that is yet i uh, should really research that but the Stranger Things experience was awesome. They had a vending machine of packs there. I think that there's probably like maybe one to 2,000 packs that were given away throughout the weekend. It could have been like 500 even. I'm not exactly sure, but it was not a lot. I heard there's 50 people per day that got them. I mean, if that was 50 times five, that's only 250. But I think there was maybe um, a little bit more. They, may, they might have done it two sessions per day. So it could have been closer to to maybe like a 500 to 1,000. I'm not sure. Either way, these cards are rare. These promo cards, it features the first cards from Stranger Things Season 4. Um, it was a, quite the experience. I just want to say Zero Cool Cards is putting on some insane things for the uh, for the hobby, for non-sports cards. And if you are a fan of any sort of TV show, movie, culture, music, whatever, be on the lookout because I'm sure they're going to do something super, super cool um, in the future. And also with this being said, tonight, like right after this live stream is done, we have an, um, an exclusive interview with Josh Luber dropping, um, the chief visionary officer for Fanatics Collectibles and the founder of Zero Cool Cards. I would highly, highly, highly recommend watching it. It's probably no longer than 15 to 20 minutes. I ask him some, I think, really good questions that will make you either comforted or you might be like, huh, why why are they doing that? Whatever it is. I mean, he was very direct, gave straightforward answers and things I think you really are going to want to hear. So if you're listening to this right now live or on podcasts later, you'll probably already be able to watch the Zero Cool Cards uh, Josh Luber interview and Fanatics Collectibles uh, Vision Officer or you'll be able to listen on podcasts already. I highly recommend you doing it. Um, it's a very good interview, and I just want to thank Josh again for giving me the time. It was it was very, very awesome, actually, which is cool to hear. All right. Um, actually, we already answered that. What would you think about National Rosemont and the upstairs room they use for the Chicago Sports Spectacular from Step in the Box? I can confirm that the National is expanding the, pla- uh, the, the show floor for Chicago 2023, because they added more corporate and then they added some more boosts too, but actually they might not have added more boosts because they took boosts out of the main show floor for more corporate. So it's probably the same on show floor. 
I think it's a side room. I don't think it's upstairs. It's a side room. I'm not sure about the upstairs thing. That'd be interesting. But the, yeah, they do the spectacular up in like the upstairs room. Um, it's an option, but it would really just, uh, I guess, uh, take segregate the show away from each other. But I, it, it did grow this the, at least the squ- the square feet for the Chicago 2023. And for next year, that's kind of like what I want to say. Honestly, I just said everything I want to say about next year already, but it's in Rosemont, Chicago. I think the dates, the dates are July 26th to July 30th. Highly recommend going if you have not been in a nationally. I even recommend it. Obviously, if you've been in a national already, um, it should be a great show. I'm already looking forward to it. I'm super de- dead and tired and have a ton of work to do already since coming home. But if it's shipping stuff out, if it's getting market report ready for this uh, 1.37 p.m. July uh, report, which is going to be amazing, or if it's just more content, getting these SGC submissions rolling. But uh, I'm really excited already. Julian, how about you? Super excited. I'm a little biased. I love Chicago because I'm from Chicago. So <laughs> it's like a 20-minute drive from my house to the Rosemont Convention Center. So a lot easier, a lot, in my opinion, also a lot nicer than Atlantic City, as I think a lot of people would say. So super excited. Already counting down the days until the next national. But uh, as Aaron said, a little dead today. I think the, the lack of sleep is catching up to me. But uh, my voice is slowly coming back, so that's a good sign. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's all we got. National wrap-up. That's it. That was a great time. I hope everyone enjoyed. And I all I have to say is I know there has not been any content to hit YouTube since we've been in the National until this point, other than the Camp Kism Charity Night. Uh, please be on the lookout. We have got the interview dropping tonight with Josh Luber. We've got penny stocks dropping potentially next. And then we've got our, just a full vlog of all the different days combined together. Um, it'll be a great time. I hope you all enjoy the content. It should be fun to watch. Whoever goes and watches it, we thank you a lot. Um, it definitely keeps us going. And uh, with that, National 2022 wrapped up. Can't wait to see what happens at the National 2023 in Rosemont, Illinois, where card collectors will come from wide and far to have another great year, the best week of the year for the hobby every single year.